Welcome to Smart Parent Successful Students Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Panos. I run a tutoring company for K through 12 students who need help with reading, math, writing, study skills, ACT, SAT, prep, and more. My tutors work both virtually and in person. We specialize in really getting to know your kids and helping them thrive. I was a teacher and leader in a Georgia school system for 25 years. I saw what worked and what didn't. And there are definitely some gaps that teachers can't touch, which is why our tutors are so important. Teachers can only do so much. I'm here to bridge that gap between parents and teachers to help your kids become successful in school and beyond. Hello, everybody. My name is Helen Panos, Dynamist Learning Academy, a K-12 tutoring service. We help children reach their potential. The way we do that is we do it um, in person in Atlanta, in the metro area of Atlanta. Uh, we do virtual nationwide, um, and we can help any subject, any student with any type of um, content that they are having difficulties with. I have many tutors up to 15 right now that are helping children in various capacities. And we also help children get in the gifted program. So that's another source uh, I'm, I'll talk about a little bit. Um, but I am the owner of Dynamis Learning Academy. A little bit about me. I'm an educator of 25 plus years in a public school system. Um, so I also was a lead in, in gifted. And I... Um, uh, help children get in the gifted program while I was uh, in the middle school. So I wanted to talk to you all today about resources and how to um, advocate or help your children if they are having some issues or, um, you know, there's a variety of things going on nowadays because of, um, let's say, after COVID, after the last two years. Um, also, I, I believe personally that um, things may have been there already in terms of a child having some difficulty with their academics, and um, it's just coming more to light because uh, parents were with children more than usual. Um, they were just going to school, so they um, saw what um, were some of their deficiencies. And um, I'm here to talk about some sources and resources that you can uh, reach out to and just making sure that parents know about these because I believe many parents do not. And if you are in a public school system, a lot of these apply to you. Um, there are other sources or similar sources that are available to private school parents as well. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, so what we're gonna talk about first, and I'll give some examples of things so you understand, is um, when you speak to a school rep, you're probably going to hear all kinds of terms, possibly, and letter abbreviations, and, and that may add some alarm to you, but that's typical of the education system. If you have a school-age child, you'll, you've likely heard many acronyms already um, used to describe maybe processes or policies and programs that are utilized to help kids um, succeed in the academic environment. Um, by understanding how these processes work, uh, you can calm your apprehension perhaps while educating yourself on the best ways to, to take a team approach. I call it a team approach and helping your child succeed. I think that team approach is becoming more and more um, important. I have a blog series, a multi 
part blog series that I will have the links below um, or in the notes of this so that you can click on them and learn more about these programs that I'm going to be talking about today. And, um, you know, there's some things and um, that you can do, and I just want to make sure you are, again, privy to those things. A lot of parents do not know. And uh, in this case, I'd say um, you definitely need to educate yourself on the different things that are out there to help your children. And um, I want to go back to the, my comment about team approach, because that's very important. Um, if you ask yourself, who sees your child the most? Is it you? Is it a tutor possibly? Is it um, the school system or the teacher? And the answer is your, your child's teacher sees them the most because they are there usually, let's say, 7 or 8 a.m. until 3 or 4 p.m. Um, so they're seeing your child five days a week that many hours. It's almost like going to, to a job. And uh, then they come home, possibly maybe they have sports or some club they're involved in. And then they finally come home and then they're probably getting ready for dinner, maybe getting ready, doing some homework. Then they get ready for bed and then they get up in the morning. And they're gone again. Right. So other than the weekends, you the teacher sees them the most. And what we do at Dynamis Learning Academy is we connect. We believe in it takes a village. And that means you, the tutor, uh, the school system or the school itself. And so. I encourage my parents at, at Dynamis that we connect with the teacher of your child through email because um, it's very important, especially in this day and time. And the way we do that is we ask you to give permission for us to do that so that we can um, speak to the teacher or know what's going on. And they will communicate differently to a person who they know is an educator um, because they know that we understand the system. And there is so much going on today in this world, um, so many things being added rapidly um, that parents would not probably be able to know or keep up with. So um, let's start with, uh, in order to comprehend the academic model for advancement, let's say you must first know that each grade level has standards for behavior, for academics and development. And to understand where your child falls in the area, educators give assessments throughout the year uh, and your schools do this. Some assessments are formal uh, like quizzes, tests, uh, standardized tests that are very important depending on the state you're in. And some are informal such as observations, rubrics, and adultal records, things like this. Um, some assessment, uh, many of the pieces are used to determine where your child lies, especially after what happened in the last two years. These um, Tests are very crucial. They're helping to identify where teachers and schools should go next, right? So the assessments are very important these days. And if your child's teacher has a concern about a certain area, uh, she'll consult with her colleagues typically. And together they determine if further measures are needed. And it may be determined that the teacher starts a process known as what we know here in Atlanta is RTI, Response to Intervention. And I want to talk about that because even if your system does not call it RTI, they call it something. And they probably have some type of a process that your child could go through where it allows them, it's like a multi, in, in this case, the RTI multi-tier approach allows 
and give support um, with learning disabilities and behavior, anything like that, that may be interrupting the learning process. Okay, so the first step in education, it, they will use to determine what needs your child will have if a student is possibly um, considered at risk in a certain area, then um, that's called RTI. They have three tiers. Um, there are essential, um, let's say, components which are divided into these tiers. And they must be implemented for the process to be successful. And the teacher gets involved in that. And usually a meeting has to occur in order for you, the parent, to understand what's happening. And usually they will uh, call a meeting. They've gathered data already and they know that this is what needs to occur. I'd like to give you an example of that. I was tutoring a fourth grader um, and only went in twice um, to determine if possibly something was happening because he was failing his quizzes. Uh, he would sit down with the teacher one-on-one -on -one, and then he would get some instruction one-on-one -on -one, and then he would do very well and pass them. Um, but at first he would fail them. And um, he already had in the prior year uh, completed a extra class for math. This is all related to math. And um, he actually opted out of that class because he did well enough. In the second semester, he did not have this, um, let's say a small group or one-on-one -on -one attention to math. And so in the second semester, he takes the Georgia milestones. That's a, an assessment that again, Every state has their own, but this was a Georgia child and he did not do very well at all. He got, he got a level one. That's the lowest you can get. So at that time, the schools or the school system should have recognized that there's a problem with that level one. And they did. They actually suggested to the parents that they go to summer school that summer. Um, they were unable to because they weren't expecting to have to go to summer school and they already had plans for the summer. So they put the child in Mathnasium. Uh, it is a tutoring company that has a brick and mortar. They thought the problem was multiplication. So they worked on multiplication. Um, but actually, once I came in in that fall, just got called recently to come in and see him and determine that something was happening. So um, although I'll preface this that I am not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, but I do have 504 experience. And if you don't know what a section 504 is, I will be going to, going to be talking about that as well. But the child um, basically went to Mathnasium and then school started and these things were happening. Um, again, not doing well on quizzes. So that current teacher was not aware of what happened in the past, in the prior year. So I got involved because I felt like when I tutored the child one-on-one, -on -one, I could see he actually is very bright and was surprised that he's scoring a level one on a big assessment. So I instructed, and this is where my advocacy part comes in because it's good to get um, a company to assist you and helping you um, advocate if you don't know how to do that with the school. So I advocated for this child and contacted the counselor because the mother was told that the RTI chair, um, that they say he didn't qualify for RTI, which is not true. So uh, he qualified just because of that level one and he wasn't doing well in the class in the fall. So um, I contacted the counselor through an email, the parent 
actually connected us and I was able to get permission so I could speak to the counselor. And I asked who the RTI chairperson was and I said, I'm not sure who told her he does not qualify, but he does. And she immediately uh, copied the RTI chair in this and it got moved. It got some movement. It was moving along. They immediately said that they were going to put them in what's called tier two of RTI response to intervention. And I'll talk about the different tiers in a minute. But they put him in a tier two, which was awesome because they skipped over tier one. They realized he's already had that small group instruction at school and that wasn't doing anything for him. And uh, basically, um, he he was placed in RTI tier two. Um, they were going to give him a test, another type of test, probably a fast bridge, and they were going to see what that revealed before they did some things. So what's come of that is now this child is a, a threesome, let's say, that when they have independent study time, which is about 15 minutes a day, those three boys are underneath right there next to the teacher and getting uh, kind of almost individualized attention. Um, 15 minutes for reading and then 15 minutes for math on another day and they alternate them. So that is better than nothing because what needs to be done is um, that has to happen in order for the teacher to track data again to see how this child is doing in that six weeks period to see if he's going to go to tier three, which I'll talk about what that is as well. So um, all of these are very important things for parents to understand that that is available in a public school system. Uh, private schools also probably have their uh, processes and they call it something possibly different. But definitely I want to encourage parents to reach out to their school systems and be in communication with the teacher. If the teacher appears like they're not assisting, it may be different things. It could be they don't know. Uh, that's very typical. Um, there's a lot of, I don't know, things going on right now. Um, a lot of it is, um, I'll just be honest, burnout. Um, we hear what's going on in the education world and teachers are burned out. They are also having in public school um, assistant principals, counselors taking on the duties of a 504 chair and maybe even an RTI person. That alone is a separate job. So you can only imagine if somebody like an assistant principal or a counselor is doing that, they're really bogged down and they're not going to do it as well. Let's put it that way. So I definitely wanted to bring all of this to your attention because there are a lot of acronyms and there's a lot of processes and things you may not know as a parent and where you can reach out to get some sources and resources. A special message from Dynamis Learning Academy. We know how COVID changed the world. Parents have always worried about the summer slide, but now children will be battling the COVID slide this year as well. Dynamis Learning Academy will help close gaps in writing, math, and reading through tutoring and special workshops. At the end of the day, teachers can't do everything, but as a parent, you can reach out to us to help your child soar. Contact Dynamis Learning Academy at 770-282-9931 or go to our website at dynamislearningacademy.com. So let's talk about Tier one, for instance, in RTI, which is again, response to intervention. Um, within tier one, all the students receive high quality 
based, uh, scientifically based instruction provided by quality and qualified personnel to ensure that the difficulties are not due to inadequate instruction. All students are screened on a periodic basis to establish an academic and behavioral baseline, and they identify struggling learners, in this case, this child, who I gave an example of, who need additional support. So anybody that's struggling that needs additional support. Uh, students identified as being, quote, at risk through universal screenings, such as FastBridge or um, you can use um, iReady. They use a lot of different things. And or results on state or district-wide tests, again, Georgia Milestones is one in Georgia. Kentucky may have a different one. And Florida has the FCAT. There's all kinds. Depends on the state. And they receive supplemental instruction during the school day in the regular classroom. The length of the time for this step can vary, but it generally does not exceed more than eight weeks. That would be tier one. So they did that with this child in the fourth grade already. They technically did that when they put him in a course. Um, during that time, though, the student progress is closely monitored using a validated screening system, such as curriculum-based measurement. At the end of that period, students showing significant progress are generally returned to the regular classroom. All right, students not showing adequate progress are then moved on to Tier 2. This child that I gave you an example of had moved on because he was showing progress, right? But then it came back, and as things got difficult again, it was just he wasn't passing his math. So now let's talk about tier two, which is a little more targeted instructions and interventions. Students not making the adequate progress in tier in tier two or tier one are provided with intensive instruction matched to their needs. Um, this is what they're doing now with this student. These services and interventions are provided in small group settings in addition to the instruction in the general classroom. Um, this period may take longer than the first tier, uh, which we said was eight weeks, um, but it not, will not exceed nine weeks. And if students continue to show little to no progress, then they will go on for a more intensive intervention at tier three. So that's where this student is. He's at tier two. Um, getting more um, intense instruction, individualized instruction in group. So tier three um, is more of a comprehensive evaluation and intensive interventions. And at this tier, students will receive individualized interventions, again, that are even more intensive um, than tier two was. At that stage, if the student continues to show little adequate progress, then they will be referred for a complete evaluation and considered for eligibility for special education services under the IDEA 2004 law, which is called Individuals with Disabilities Act. And the data that is collected during this time will be used to determine the special ed eligibility. A meeting occurs, they all sit down and they talk about it, the school psychologist is present. And that's when you determine if your child needs to move into special ed possibly. They will do testing, of course, and all that if that's what's determined. Um, so as a parent, you know, you may feel at some point that you would like to request a formal special ed evaluation. Uh, you may do so under IDA, um, but the tiered process of RTI cannot be used to deny any parent uh, that request. So um, I, 
I definitely wanted to know, you know, let you know that if you're interested in learning more about this process, um, contact me at Dynamis Learning Academy. It's Helen at Dynamis Learning Academy and uh, dot com. And um, happy to help explain some things to you in more detail. We can set up a free consultation to discuss what's happening with your child and why they're struggling, why you think they are, where they're struggling. Um, we do have certified teachers who can help and help you understand this better. If I can't, my assistant will. One of us will contact you. You can also go to my Dynamis website, Dynamis, D-Y-N-A-M-I-S, learningacademy.com. It'll be in the notes. And click on contact and fill out the form and complete it and let us know what you need assistance with so that we can uh, get back with you. Me or my assistant will get back with you. So I, I do want to talk about just a couple more things. Um, um, in case you don't know, there's a lot of acronyms. And again, I have a blog um, that will help you with understanding some of these acronyms and getting familiar with them. Things like the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. Uh, again, the IDEA, which I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Section 504, which is part of the Civil Rights Rehabilitation Act. And it prohibits discrimination on the basis of disabilities when school receive federal funding. And that we'll talk about um, 504s in a minute. Um, free and public education, which is called FAPE, F-A-P-E. Uh, what is an accommodation? What is a modification? Those are two different things. An accommodation is a tool or a procedure that provides equal quality um, access, let's say, or instruction to, um, to your child with qualified disabilities. So usually they occur in 504 plans when if you have a medical diagnosis such as ADHD or um, anxiety, um, I'd say diabetes is a pretty popular one, anything like that, um, then you can get a 504 plan. Um, that's discussed or included in an IEP or a 504 plan your child would receive, they talk about these accommodations. Um, for instance, some of the accommodations you can get is instead of writing, you type. Um, this child may be allowed to answer orally if they needed that instead of written form, depending on, again, what the disability is. Extra time on tests or classroom assignments. That's a very popular one. Frequent breaks is very popular. Um, sitting the child in the front is popular. These are all important because if your child's taking an SAT or an ACT and those type of standardized tests that take a very long time, those accommodations have to be applied for. They have to be on a 504 plan, first of all, before they can be applied for through the college board. And that takes six months for then the child to then be able to use those accommodations while they're taking a big standardized test. Now, the difference between an accommodation and a modification, a modification is a change in what a student is taught or is expected to learn. That's a modification. You usually see those in IEPs, Individualized Educational Plans and Special Ed. This term is included in the IEP. You'll see it under goals. And sometimes they may include it in 504 plans, but often they're paired with accommodations and to help make a positive impact on your students' um, outcomes. And that, again, usually is in an IEP. You'll see that in an IEP more so. Um, I want to talk about the 504 plan very quickly and the differences between a 504 and an IEP. 
Um, again, um, a 504 plan and is, again, one where you have a medical diagnosis from a doctor and you can take that to your 504 chair and get um, a plan under the Americans with Disabilities Act. However, here are some things that a 504 plan can do and how they're different between an IEP. Um, so both have been, first of all, uh, amended through the years, but both are still used in special ed today. Um, teachers and schools uh, will probably pick up on things. If your child's ADHD, they may mention it then to the 504 chair and you may get a call. Otherwise, you as a parent would have to be on guard about that and approach your, your school about a 504 plan if you know something's going on. We have a child right now who's taking a French level three class through a virtual class. It's not the actual high school um, getting credit for this. And she had fibromyalgia come up and fatigue. Those are definitely medical diagnoses, and the mother has gone to the doctor. She has the diagnosis. She actually herself is um, in the medical profession. And um, now she's trying to get the school to give her a 504 plan. Now, just know, parents, once you reach out to a school, they, sh they have two weeks to get back with you. And what's happening here is, again, what I mentioned earlier about burnout. Burnout will keep schools from reaching out to you quicker. So please stay on top of that. Again, I can definitely help you with that. I was a former 504 chair myself in a public school system that's pretty large. And I know all about that and can definitely jump in in a meeting and advocate for your child. Once I know the background of your child and what's happening, uh, I can guarantee you I can probably get you accommodations that are needed for your child to be successful. So please reach out again if you need that assistance. Um, uh, if you need um, special ed assistance, and I, I can actually get you that help as well. I've had somebody reach out to me about that, and their four-year-old has an IEP. So there are different circumstances out there these days that warrant a 504 or RTI or an IEP. And I just want you all as parents to just be armed with knowledge about this, because this is why I think things are kind of slipping through the cracks, so to speak, because a lot is not known. It's a lot is not known at all. Um, so in terms of an IEP now, you may hear the word a placement meeting. So a placement meeting is usually a secondary meeting that takes place after you've been notified that your child has to move through RTI, or it occurs when you as a parent have asked for a formal evaluation to your child, for your child. Um, please know your rights, parents. Again, we can help you with this as well. If you do not know what those rights are, you do have rights. Um, this is not just another meeting. It's not a conference. Uh, you have to prepare for a meeting like this, and that can be tough if you don't understand the system. So the key to success is preparing um, and having a firm grasp of the knowledge of the content that's going to be presented in that meeting. That's a very long meeting. Usually you have a regular ed teacher there, your special ed teacher, your case manager might be there. However, preparing for meetings as a parent where your child is the main focus a lot of times, um, well, sometimes that's a little daunting and it can be overwhelming. Uh, an education placement meeting is no different if you don't feel prepared. Um, so here are some tips and strategies to help guide you through that maze of special ed world. 
um, that, you know, if you ever have to navigate that. Um, so who is in that meeting? Again, various school personnel are in there. Usually an assistant principal or counselor is in there. Um, special ed teacher is in there. A classroom teacher is in there. Uh, if a speech language person is needed, they're there. Occupational therapist, possibly a school psychologist. Um, how does the meeting progress? Um, as the meeting actually convenes and all the personnel are introduced, the results of all your child's evaluations are shared. Again, data is very important. All these tests are very important. They use this data to not only place your child in the next grade level, let's say, but to see what is happening with your child. So various educational personnel will share charts, graphs, um, will show you the standard possibly and where your child's scores land and where are they compared to other kids, uh, let's say. And that's very important because again, do not take that personally, but you need to know that information. As you discuss these options though, words like accommodations show up, modifications may be brought up, for more about accommodations um, and modifications, please see our blog post. So we're going to talk more about that in these blog posts that I'm going to have links for you to look at. After you decide the best options for your child, then you'll be given a chance to ask questions in that meeting and ask for clarifications about items that you might have, and then um, you have to sign it. So definitely be prepared because when you sign these kinds of documents for these meetings, it's important to know what it is you're signing. Um, so these are all tips and resources that are available to you, um, you know, outside or within the school system. Usually a private school has something to you'd have to check in with them and see what that is. But just know there are other possibilities. You're not alone. If your child is Definitely having some difficulties after, let's say, you called in a tutor and you've looked to see if that will help. A lot of times what we do as a tutoring company is we can uh, determine, because we are tutoring your child, what is possibly going on. I have a team of people that work together to discuss things that if I don't know myself after 25 years of being in an education system, I turn to my assistant. I turn to other certain um uh, tutors, which are teachers that have had many years of experience. Uh, my entire team encompasses over 100 years of experience. And um, there's a lot of experts in there in their fields and in these types of um, programs that are available to you. So I definitely want you all parents to know that you are not alone. Please do not sit there and suffer or let your child suffer in their academics because you thought it was going to go away and it doesn't. Um, it's better to attack a problem when you first see it than letting it move on and on and on. And then it just gets worse and worse. Um, so it's best to reach out to someone like me so that we can try to help determine what's going on. We are happy to advocate for you in the school system. We have ad adv advocate uh, services in which we do that. We also have tutoring packages for your uh, children to help them there. We can do things again virtually and it's one-on-one -on -one, and that does work in, in the majority of the cases um, because it's a one-on-one -on -one customized program to fit your child's needs. So parents, um, again, I wanna thank you for uh, listening. And again, there are so many resources out there. It's just the matter of finding out what they are and um, 
kind of working through that to see what might best fit for your child at the time. Reach out again to Helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com. Go to my website at www.dynamuslearningacademy.com. Click on contacts and you can write a note there to me. Uh, my assistant and I are the ones who see those. We will get back with you and have a discussion and set up a meeting. And um, we are happy to help your children. We have helped so many um, in advocating for them in the school system and or their, their school. So you can't possibly know everything as a parent. There's too much to know out there in the education world. So please reach out so we can have a discussion. I do a free consultation. Um, and again, we are happy to help anybody across the nation um, because we can do that. And thank goodness for uh, computers, right? So we can do that. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day and reach out. Uh, go to my website. I invite you to check out our social media pages. We are on all of them. Um, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and it's usually at Dynamus Learning Academy or at Dynamus Learning. And you can just type in Dynamus Learning Academy and you'll probably find it. Take care. Um, thank you very much for um, joining me today. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Smart Parents successful students podcast. I hope this episode has been insightful and inspirational. Wherever you're listening, be sure to go ahead and subscribe to get the next episodes and to join our email list by going to www.dynamuslearningacademy.com backslash podcast backslash. Also, it would warm my heart if you reviewed the podcast on Spotify and shared it with your community. And remember, I believe that every child would benefit from getting extra support outside the classroom, whether they are struggling or are part of an advanced or gifted program, because teachers just can't do it all. Please connect with me about our K-12 tutoring, SAT or ACT prep classes, and writing workshops to help your child excel in school. I can be reached through email at helen at dynamuslearningacademy.com or by phone at 770-282-9931. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.